1: This is Off-Track with Hinch
0: and
1: Rossi. Hello and welcome to another episode of Off-Track with Hinch and Rossi. One where producer Thim is getting a beautiful makeover live. Uh, it's, the last,
2: it's the last week of summer break.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: We had we have some assignment that we needed to go to the art store for, and they had a uh, uh, face paint kit in the checkout line.
1: Okay. So okay. this is my life now. I was a pirate yesterday, right? So Tim is sitting here getting his face painted by uh, lovely daughter Hazel. Uh, do we know what you're gonna be right now? It's just I'm going a to be lot a knight. Of, you're gonna be a knight. A knight yeah. of what? A round table, or to be determined. Okay, because you look like you're gonna be Casper the Friendly Ghost. Yeah, it's a lot of gray. A you lot already of gray look like on. a clown without any makeup it's rude i feel like i feel like she should go for casper and that gives uh, her permission to shave your head
2: (laughs) (laughs) no because if i shave my head i start looking like i raided the capitol like this, <laughs> <laughs> this body type and everything else
1: about me does not work bald. Did Did you see the how somebody went around the entire paddock with that app that turns you bald and and made everybody bald? Okay,
2: that was an app. I just thought it was a really impressive Photoshop job because like
1: it, it looked probably good. a filter on like TikTok or something silly.
2: I don't know, man. Because those were way too well done. Like they on the one of Elio, I think they incorporated like the purple light. Coming from and had it like reflect off his Dome Oh, nice! It was impressive and by the way Alex don't go bald (laughs) Did you not see these Alex? I
3: did but you think I was the worst one
2: No I didn't think you're the worst one But you're the worst one that I'm currently talking to
1: Connor's looked hilarious And is now the like identifier Photo on several people's Phones (laughs) and his contact information
3: Jack Harvey looked great
1: <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that just cruel? The For guy was like prides himself on his hair, with arguably the best hair in IndyCar, and he still looks like a stud without it. That's just not right, man. He's like the Brad Pitt of IndyCar. Those beautiful was, um, blue eyes. Yeah,
2: it was all. I don't know. I was just impressed by the Photoshop alone because every one of those looked completely real.
1: I don't think it was Photoshop. It was an app.
2: I think yeah. Right, I think it's well, then that's a really impressive app.
1: The apps are getting pretty impressive, Tim. I don't know apps if you knew are, that. Apps
3: are strong. I mean, I don't know if you're if you use them, if you know what an app is. But
1: um, what does that even? I don't even understand that appl- insult. It Stands for application. Yeah.
3: yeah. I mean, you're, you're, you're currently getting you're currently getting your face painted. It doesn't look like you get out of the house much.
1: You're a dad, and parents aren't great with technology, so we okay, assume you fair. don't that know how to use time. your phone. Yeah. Uh, so off weekend for IndyCar. This is my third bag uh, of
3: goldfish, um, and the third different flavor of goldfish that I'm eating. What in this flavors? Three period.
1: What flavors are there? Well, because goldfish are just great on their own. There's I mean, flavor I love blasted because they're so delicious. That just means like what? Extra cheesy?
3: Normal goldfish, but
1: that are just colors. So like, um, so that's not a different flavor then.
3: No, but it's a different experience eating it. And then the. <laughs> the gram the vanilla cupcake goldfish grams which are what fire they're like golden vanilla? grams but in oh fish
1: form. they're like uh teddy grams but fish shaped yeah. teddy grams do you guys have teddy grams in the states they're golden grams but yeah well golden grams is a cereal though isn't it no it is oh
2: whatever i thought golden grams were just like graham crackers
1: I grew up in a different country. Let's find out here. Golden Graham. It's cereal. Oh, yeah. Teddy yeah. Grahams. Yeah, Teddy Grahams. You guys are nuts. Oh, well, I
2: thought Golden Grahams were also crackers, but... I don't no, know. those are
1: just called Graham crackers. And they're made by Maid. There you go. Um, so, Alex, how'd you spend your off weekend? Well, I spent my off weekend
3: with a lot of fish in the area that we were at, there' was turtles, a lot of turtles. Mm-hmm. Um, we went houseboating james. we we sure did, buddy. We, we did a new, we did something new for both of us. Uh, actually, everyone that was on the trip, it was their first time houseboating. And the fact that we came away a with an enjoyable experience, b with no like excessive damage to anything. And see or everyone, anyone <laughs> or anyone and see um like no one got in any trouble, I think is is quite impressive. I
2: mean so you did get what's the difference between a houseboat and a yacht?
1: Well one's a yacht and one is a not.
3: That's like the difference between a the airplane that I fly and then a jet
1: okay fair enough
2: i just mean like it's a so it's a boat it's got
1: bedrooms it's the way i the way i kind of thought about it is like imagine an a-class motorhome that flies i mean sorry that floats but how's that different than a yacht like yachts have like multi-level, like proper multi-levels. They have like galley's for the staff to make you food. They're all they're finished. I mean, technically, like, technically, okay. you, and Evan,
3: you and Evan did sleep in like the cruise quarters.
1: That is true. Okay, so let's look at it like uh, the kind of the kind of motorhome you would get from uh, what's Winnebago? Like? No, 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 no. Like the 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 RV RV America or whatever.
3: Yep. So RV like a, America that floats versus a new Prevost.
1: Yeah. Or Newell. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's got a kitchen, it's got a living room. It had two like proper bedrooms and then two like half sunken under bedrooms, sunken bedrooms that were like only four feet tall. That's where Evan and I slept. It was a good time, but no. So this trip was originally the brainchild of our buddy Bobby. Um, Cause I guess he's done it before. And it was like a pre-COVID thing. And it just obviously got canceled and kept getting pushed and pushed and pushed. And so finally, two and a half years later, we're able to do it. And it was down in Kentucky.
3: The funny part is he couldn't come because he couldn't come. He he subsequently,
1: yeah, he subsequently got pregnant and had said baby in the time from when we booked it to when we actually went. So he was not able to attend. Um, Becky was not able to attend because she got a job and is currently in St. John's, Newfoundland. Filming. Can we look at Tim really quick? Uh, done yet? I it's know, but it's it's funny like that she that doesn't looks... realize what she's drawing on your yeah, face it's, um, it's a penis. It very much resembles what would happen on your face with Sharpie <laughs> when you pass out drunk at a party. So, so we rock up to the. So this is the best part. So Alex, we all, we drove down and um, you you brought your boat down, your wakeboard boat, and we had rented this. Ninety foot houseboat, right?
3: That's that's two Class A motorhomes in length. That's just right. That's a great way to plan.
1: Yeah. So, and it's it's like a two. deck like there's like everything you got all, all your stuff inside, and there's like a rooftop deck with a wet bar and a hot tub and lounge. Sounds kind of like a yacht to me. It it's tough to explain the difference, but it's it's not a yacht. It's, it's not, a yacht not a yacht because
3: it's 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 an RV that's on a pontoon boat platform.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. So like, it's got sliding doors out to a patio, which I guess yachts have that too. Damn it! <laughs> I'm really struggling, Kate. Okay, no, we need it's, a, some help. it's a
3: it's a, it's a pontoon boat. It's not a yeah. it's not a ship. It's not a ship. Yeah, there you go. Right. It goes eight miles an hour, not forty. Like it.
1: Right
2: um ocean. that might be the biggest difference then it's the engine and the
1: no no the hull
2: the hull is the biggest the, hull's difference. the biggest
3: difference. like it. the hull okay. is, a,
1: is a tin pontoon rather than a f- fiberglass you know okay. shell that makes more sense um not seaworthy let's put it that way this mm-hmm. is lake worthy at best. yeah so so alex and i are both like okay so we, we pull up to this this place and it's obviously like they have i don't know what like 60 boats probably that they like rent out like that, yeah uh crazy amount of boats huge lake I'm like, all right. So this is going to be a bit of a process, you know, because you've got a group of people. Um, none of them had to provide a boating license or like an experience. Didn't even that have to provide an out. ID. I they just, didn't just a my driver's name. license. But but we were like, okay, as we're pulling up, we're like, all right, I, this this is going to be a bit of a process, right? You're probably going to have to do a bunch of paperwork, a bunch of this. and There's going to be like a really lengthy. Um, like orientation. briefing orientation like I've rented motorhomes before, and it was like a two hour process going through the whole thing, bow to stern, and uh, understanding all the systems, how everything works, whatever. So, we get there, we go to the desk, Alex checks in, and the, the check in process was fairly simple.
3: My, my favorite part of the check in process was <clears throat> we walk up to the desk, and uh, I have a white claw in my hand. And um, she's like, okay, name Rossi. And she's like, oh, okay. Oh, we got that right here. And she starts handing me <clears throat> paperwork and she starts going through like all the things that I have to initial that are kind of highlighted on the contract. And number one, and she's reading these out to me, she's like, okay, no drinking and driving
1: <laughs> <laughs> while well, holding a white cloth. And I'm like, so yeah, it looks over I, me. So, I guess you're driving. <laughs> yeah.
3: So I, I put that down and, and uh, let James take over. But the funniest part, of this entire, one of the funniest parts of the entire weekend was, so we went to a lot of effort and planning. Um, big shout out to Charlie and Kathleen Kimball who included me on their houseboating spreadsheet to help give me ideas and quantities of what to pack and food and everything because you gotta you gotta bring it all in. Like this houseboat comes with, you know, the coolers and the fridge and such. But you got to get everything from that you would want there from your home in Indy. Four and a half hours south to, to Kentucky. And so we had everything. Fortunately, we had the wake boat. So we just piled everything in the wake boats, suitcases, everything. So that was just sitting out there. So we didn't have to deal with cards from the car or anything. So that was just sitting out there in the marina. Um, but I guess when, when, at some point, when Bob was in charge of this and before it was kind of switched over to my name, there was a provisions form of sorts that, that's this great service that they provide. Where you can kind of send in a list of dry goods, of water, of Gatorade, of soda, whatever, for them to already have pre-stocked on the boat. So we get there and they're like, okay, everything's paid for, blah, blah, blah. We need a credit card for the $380 provision form. And me, James, and Evan look at each other and are like, what's that? (laughs) She's like, well, this is the, the list of food you ordered. And keep in mind, we had... Three Tupperware containers and two massive coolers full of of all of this said food and so we kind of go back and forth and make sure that it's ours and and sure enough you know it, it all was um, which is hilarious because it was a, such a random list of things um, but ultimately better to have too much than too little so if that was the biggest problem we had all weekend not a big deal so we deal with that sign the paperwork and then we walk out to the boat.
1: And the next step is you empty everything off the wakeboard boat onto the, onto the houseboat. And when you're all settled and ready to go, you radio in for your captain's briefing, which is what we both assumed was going to be this lengthy process where they walk through the whole boat, whatever, whatever.
3: Considering this is something that can sink, right? This is something where if you get it wrong, you could, you could cause some harm to people or property.
1: Correct. Like Mm -hmm. one of the things that the, the check-in lady said to us, um she because she kind of ran through like a couple general rules and and instructions and one of them she kind of ended with as long as you don't try to park the thing on the side of a uh, side of a mountain we should be okay and i'm like yeah i don't see that happening she goes you'd be surprised it happened yesterday like oh okay so the way it works is the captain gets you off the dock and out of the marina so three minutes into the journey and then he jumps on a dinghy and you take over and that's just it you just go and find your cove you want to post up in and whatever so so we call for the captain he comes on board and um you know we start off at the at the helm and kind of go through the basic controls of the boat now i grew up going to the lake i know roughly how boats work not a big deal kind of all pretty standard there he showed us now that was about it, actually. Uh, yeah, he showed there was us how- one thing he was gonna show
3: us, and he couldn't open the door, so he was Could like, open- ah, "Yeah,
1: he's he gonna be check fine. the water tank, but we cool. couldn't get the hatch open." He's like, "I'm sure it's fine." She walked off. Showed us well. We showed us where the circuit breakers were, like where the uh, where that closet was. Didn't show us where the generator was. Didn't show us how to like check our water tanks. Didn't show us. Again, really anything. Like he showed us how to turn the hot tub lights on, you know, in case that mm. was an important part of the trip. It ended
3: up being nice.
1: Yeah, it was crucial. Good actually, lights. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, he showed me where the spare propane tank for the barbecue was, which again, great to know. We didn't need it, but very handy information. And that was pretty much it. I want to say it took six minutes. It was six minutes. And so to, and, and
3: then literally handed you control of, we looked it up a one to $1.5 million.
1: Right. Boat. With a thousand horsepower and 90 feet. And, yes. and that was it. And so, so we, he took me out of the Marina and then this little, this little dinghy, like the thing looked like it was about to sink And this little nine and a half, you know, Evan root on the back, man, buzzes up while we're moving. And he just jumps off the side. He's like, have a good trip. See you Monday. I'm like, this is wild. So Alex went off, uh, with Kelly and Evan to go track down where we wanted to go park. And Riss and I captained the boat to that general vicinity. Now cell service on this lake, not the best. zero. So we were a little concerned.
3: Fortunately, James and I had given, had had our own little briefing of like, okay, this is the general area. Drop a pin here. You don't have any form of navigational guidance but you can follow the blue dot on your google maps and get to the general vicinity i hope
1: which works surprisingly well and yeah i think our briefing on the maps was longer than the briefing on to drive the boat so we so they take off and we're cruising along and we're making really good time like i'm realizing that we're getting close to where we said we were going to get and i thought we were just going to come around the cove and you guys were going to be sitting there but you found where you wanted to go and then you came back out, and you found us like kind of ten minutes out, sort of thing, just just trucking along. And then he escorted us right in, and that was it. That was the start of the trip. It was it was terrific, very loose, very few rules. Uh, remarkably, I can't. What is the insurance program these people have? That's what I want to know.
3: It must be uh, uh, virtually unlimited, <laughs> because because the damage liability waiver that I clicked is like an add on, one hundred twenty five dollars.
1: And and I think the, I think the deductible was like two grand or something. So like right. we could write the boat off and, and it was going to cost two us 2,000 2, bucks. <laughs>
2: yeah. It Just. feels like I'm kind of feels like a missed opportunity that you guys didn't do that. I mean, we'll go back. <laughs> hey, I'll come back for that one.
3: <laughs> so So we, we tie up in this cove. Um, which is, it's an amazing system. Like there's people that have left over kind of lines that are already connected to trees. Fortunately, we had some friends there that helped first time doing it, helped us get the four corners of the boat tied up to these kind of metal lines. And the engineering that's gone into this is actually very well thought out. Like the lines at the front of the boat were higher than they were at the back because they figured you'd have, you know, another form of transportation that you'd want to park next to your boat. So you couldn't run over the lines, all this sort of thing. So this, I mean, this was a well-sorted type of program, but you get, you get tied up, you get stationary, and then you realize that you're in this, this cove that's surrounded by, you know, hills, right? I don't know what else you would call it. Yeah. Like peaks that are, you know, 70, 80 feet above you full of trees. And there is not a single soul around. Like this is your, this is your private area. You've got a couple thousand feet off the back that is off the back of the boat, protected from waves, you can swim. There's no other boats going by. Like you are it's like
1: seventy feet deep and yes. the water's like eighty-eight degrees.
3: Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. So we realized very quickly that this was going to be an awesome experience.
1: So you guys were just you
2: just vacationed at act one of a horror movie. Correct. Okay, got it. That's all you had to say.
3: I don't I don't think that's necessarily because it wasn't a home. It'd be very hard for an intruder to come with weapons out to where we were. Because you're still in the middle of the water.
1: Yeah, it's only one way on the boat if you're coming from the water, which you'd have to do for us, like swimming, for us to not hear you coming. If anything, it's pretty safe. It's pretty it's safe. It's very safe. I don't know. Minus Just the fact that they could beg to differ. Well, yeah, okay. So when he's real, then we can talk about the threat here.
3: So we had we had some friends, a couple coves over, um, but really, the days were just full of being on the, your home that floats uh, on the wake boat, touring around, going to lunch in the marinas. Um, we found some waterfalls. We swam. We napped. We hung out in hot tubs. We danced, danced <laughs> aggressively to a random playlist of music because, again, you don't have any cell service. So it's kind of like whatever's on the phone is what you got.
1: It really does. It really does teach you a lot about your your playlists, though. Like, it, it makes you realize how much you rely on streaming services mm-hmm. and how little is actually downloaded onto right. your phone. Uh, right. It's an interesting interesting thing to learn about yourself. Um, you also tried a new activity, Alex.
3: I did I did try <laughs> a new activity. So, I think this was the first night. Yeah, the first night our, our friends show up. Unannounced. No, A couple coves just, over. They just they, just, they just park they just park on next to our boat and climb on with their twelve friends.
2: And they essentially
1: sudden, pirated us. They did.
2: I think okay, did. so so that whole thing about how you couldn't have somebody just show up um is a lie because people did just show up. Got it. No, no. Intruders would have to boat there and you'd
3: know that they were coming. Okay.
1: So they didn't surprise you. You saw them coming. I'm just trying to get, yeah. they, they get surprised us in the sense that like, it wasn't a pre-organized meeting, it, but like we it. saw okay. them coming. And it's hard to take a, myself seriously when I'm a knight. Yes. The, uh, the face paint guys is now complete. He is wearing a knight's helmet essentially. <laughs> and it's, it's pretty good. Pretty good. You covered pretty a so lot of it up with your hair. It was rude, but.
3: So they were like, Oh, we're, we're going to go barefooting. Do you want to come watch? And I was like, yeah, for sure. Everyone else was too much of a little to come. And so it was just me and and these three dudes. And it's the middle of the night, keep in mind. Um, and there had been some... I wasn't, I wasn't sure if we were covering that side, that yeah. part of the story. And there had been some. a lot of waters hit Kentucky. You know, a lot of water. Water levels were high. There was some driftwood that we saw on the lake, but the, our cove was mainly clear. Yeah. And you want to barefoot either... At night or in the early mornings because you want the water to be as, as smooth as possible because the whole point of barefooting is to go fast enough to where you're literally your feet well first your butt well first your stomach then your butt then your feet are just skimming on the water as okay. if you had a pair so of water i didn't skis know on. what
1: barefooting is okay now i know so it's, as if, if you're skiing without skis correct but you do All it. Right. You do it off uh, off a beam that comes off the side of the boat, right? Correct. So you're not hanging on to a rope behind the boat. Yeah, there's no
3: rope. Um, right. You're just you're just on basically a a pole vaulting pole that's attached to the side of the boat, and you're kind of next to it. And so I watched uh, a friend of ours um, attempted a couple times and got up once, fell a bunch of times, and generally was having a great time and laughing and and such and so on and so forth. Well they were like, Oh, you want to try? I was like, yeah, for sure. And so I was trying to get the crash course on (laughs) crash course. I was trying to get, you know, a quick lesson on how to do it, whatever. So I tried like four or five times, got up on the fifth time. Awesome. The, the falls are monumental because keep in mind, you're going 40 miles an hour when you get chucked from this pole and then you end up doing like three somersaults as you're
1: crashing into the water.
3: And such,
1: lots of water up the nose, I would imagine.
3: Lots of water up the nose. My, I came back to the boat. My eyes were bloodshot,
1: and my, <laughs> my sinuses <throat> were drained. And
3: I was like, "That was awesome, thanks, guys." <laughs> and you know, felt a little sore, but like I didn't. I mean, I figured like that adds up. You know, you're I'm sore Trying and I on awake wakeboard. Yeah, yeah. And so went to bed. Woke up the next morning and felt a little bit more sore, and <laughs> went to to put some clothes on and realize that the entire back of the back, my hamstrings on both legs were completely black. <laughs> like <laughs> like like black black. It looked um, like
1: it looked like someone had just like well Alex stood up in front of them sat in a chair with like a horse whip or something and just so, absolutely went to town on whatever was below his short line. So Some people get, pay good money for that. Yeah, yeah, it's fair. A Some chuck road stuff, right there. You can there.
3: see a little bit of my butt in this, but here you go, Tim.
1: <laughs> I love how perfect the line is because you've got a wet. Suit, it looks right? like a tan. Yeah. Yeah. So like yeah. the wetsuit, it's a shorty
2: wetsuit. So that comes right. down to like just a little bit. ahead and today. text that to me so I can put it in the video?
3: <laughs> uh, my yeah. full ass is in that. I'll have to put yeah. one I'll, with shorts. Yeah, I'll, crop, have to, I'll crop.
1: it. Yeah. We, we, we took another one that sort of, you know. But yeah, it was uh it was pretty comical the next morning to realize the yeah, they <laughs> like it's the line that just gets me.
3: <laughs> it's so, so good. Amazing. Man. But what's what's awesome is like it doesn't actually it doesn't hurt at all like there's zero pain associated with it. So I I guess it's very much just a surface abrasion that pops some blood vessels of sorts. Because if you think about it, like you're not, when you are impacting the water, you're also going through it. So I feel like it's that first kind of slap. It's not like you're actually getting punched and it's getting into soft tissue. So I feel like it's just the epidermal layer. Superficial, yeah. Right. Anyways, um, that was hilarious. Um, And then what else happened, James? I'm we, we saw a couple of turtles came and hung up by our boat for a bit. As happens with me, every time I go boating, it would seem, I got pulled over. You did um, get pulled over. And it was hilarious because the guy the guy was like, well, <laughs> you can't, you can't, this, Kentucky is a, a law where, or Kentucky is a state where you can't um, be seen to be having alcohol. Unlike Indiana, where you can walk around on the streets with booze and the lakes with booze. You can't be seen to have it when you're on public property. Here's what's crazy. And none of us knew this. If you're surfing behind the boat or you're sitting on the back of the boat, you're technically not in the boat. So you are on public property. However, if you're sitting inside the boat, they don't give two because it's private property.
1: So yeah, it's, yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not not that you're, it's funny. It's like, you're not not really on the boat. Right. But like their, their, their philosophy for like, so the, there's these two seats on, on your boat that sit right at the back outside of the boat. So you can like watch the outside wake surfers the whole, or yeah. outside of the hall. And so it's not even that you're like, you it's almost get the surfer one because that one you are on. Yeah, fine. Land and, and you could and drop it, could it in the watering, lake or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, it's, it's more that you're, you're not, you're not in public. You're just not in private. Like you're not on public property, but you're not on private property or something. Like it's, it's so bizarre. It's so silly.
3: So, so we got an education in that. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, well, and this, this was my shiny moment. He was like, well, do you have enough life vest for everyone on board? I was like, sure do. And he was like, hmm, do you have a boat registration? And I was like, I mean, yeah, but not on me. And he was like, okay, had the stickers on the boat. So not a big issue. And then he was like, oh, do you have a throwable life preserver? This is the best. And I said, a what? And he said, oh, well, this boat's from Indiana. Indiana and Kentucky have the same law here, so you got to have a throwable life preserver. And I said, okay. So I pull out one of these, like, swim saddles. And I was like, does this work? And he was like, no, that's a, that's a swimming aid. He's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to write you up for that. And I'm like, okay. And so he ends up you know, taking my driver's license and everything. It's a $50 ticket. And then he's like, yeah, you should just go to the Marina and get one. You know, usually they're like nine ninety-nine, but the Marina, they'll be marked up to 30 bucks. And the reason you should get it is because like, if you, if someone from your boat falls, or even if you see someone that's fallen off another boat, you can throw this thing 40 yards.
1: He was like you yeah he was like you can't throw get can throw a life jacket it can only be you can throw like 5 yards this thing you could throw it 30 or 40 yards and i was sitting there looking at him what? and i was yes. i was one i was one drink away from being like all right buddy Throw that thing thirty fifty we'll yards yours. right now. Let's see you. <laughs> let's see. Immediately yeah. here, we, you, know. we, we, we got Peyton Manning on yeah. the boat. So. I'm gonna. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna grab a life jacket. You grab your little floaty cushion thing, and let's both chuck them off the back of our boats, and let's <laughs> see the difference in distance that you're. And that's what that's what bothers me ultimately was like the speech that he tried to give. He was great. No, I think he gave fine. me the lowest possible like offense.
3: Correct because the, the main reason we got pulled over is because and this was our fault and we didn't realize yeah. it. We were wake surfing in a no ski zone. So it wasn't a no wake zone, but it was a no ski zone. We all missed the buoy. Happens. It's fine. He had every right to pull us over. For sure. But the the funny part was like what he actually ended up getting us yeah. on.
1: And the justification like we don't have it, it's law. Fine. Leave it there. Don't try to convince me the reason it's law is that this thing flies 40 yards in a life jacket you can only throw for 5.
0: No, also,
2: just the terminology throwable, like everything's throwable.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You try, funny, this really good Swimming can be thrown. Yeah.
2: This is my throwable <laughs> diet Coke.
3: <laughs> so actually on that day, speaking of this, this was a wild situation. So it was fine. We, we, we surfed back to, to the Marina. We need to get fuel. We need to get one of these throwable cushions. No big deal. All was good. And we were like, okay, well, we should get some lunch while we're at it. And so we pulled up to the fuel dock and we saw, so we were at the Cumberland. Well, we were, I almost said the Cumberland Gap. We were <laughs> at Lake Cumberland and there was a restaurant slash bar there called the Cumberland Tap. Okay. It's a
2: good name. Great. It's a Great. name. Yeah. And so we we're One like, would oh.
3: assume <laughs> One would assume that the Cumberland Tap um, would, you know, obviously be wet, would be selling but At least the Cumberland Tap
2: doesn't have beer. At least Boy. have beer.
3: So we what? walk in. But, no, at the fuel dock, he's like, "Yeah, you can eat there. You can you can bring in your own cooler or whatever, but they're they're not serving alcohol, or they don't serve alcohol." And we're like, "Okay, I mean, what? We're already here, so fill us up. We'll be back in an hour." So we take our cooler, we go in, and as we're walking into the restaurant, you know, we're walking past the entire bar with the thirty different taps and the shelves of liquor. That's all closed. So what we quickly deduced was this was an establishment that was a a tap room of sorts and a bar of sorts.
1: Liquor license. They must
3: have lost their liquor license through some sort of situation. And so then we spent the entire lunch trying to deduce and come up with (laughs) theories as to what said situation was. The
1: most dramatic and outlandish situations that could have led to them losing their liquor license. But ultimately it was fine. We had our own and it worked out. Yeah.
3: But I would rate the trip in total, like aside from the issue that James had getting back, which I didn't have that issue because I was at a different marina. Very minor. But it was, you know, everyone has to return the boat at a certain time. So because you can't park the boat yourself, it's kind of like first come first serve as to who gets a captain on a dinghy to come out to your boat and bring it in. So it ended up being like a 45 minute-ish hour delay for those guys. Um, But aside from that, which was the only inconvenience we had, I would say it was one of the best. I
1: mean, it was eight, nine out of 10. Yeah, yeah. it was great. I mean, the other thing is you did like, again, props to Charlie and Kathleen, because we nailed the food. And man, we came, we nailed, I think, the beverages as well.
3: We were just short on tonic.
1: We were short on tonic. And I think we came back with like 4% of what we brought. So we didn't run out. We were, I thought, perfect, perfectly suited on that one. So a lot I'm
2: learned. Going down, I'm going down a hole right now trying to figure out what happened to the Cumberland tap.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that was it. That was how we spent our weekend. It was an absolute blast. I'm bummed that Becky couldn't come. I'm bummed that Greg couldn't come. As another one half of one of the couples that came had to work, so he couldn't come. Um, but yeah, we will definitely do it again. Uh, this weekend now though, back in action. So it is gateway. Alex, what are your thoughts? We also
2: should cover real quick what we're doing tonight since this comes out Thursday.
1: Uh, drinking. We got our live show. I was going to get to that, but that's all right. We can do it now. I guess, uh, we are doing another live show, Nashville esque style, except Alex is going to come to this one. Uh, so it's at a, bar slash restaurant called the Midwestern, Midwestern. Yeah, it's,
2: it's downtown it's uh it's right by the the field house so if you're gonna go to the
1: Cardinals game tomorrow just hang around downtown we uh we're selling tickets for the VIP section and meet and greet uh it's open to general public for free uh no age limit nothing like that but if you want to sit in the fancy section and hang out with Alex and I before the show uh there are tickets available uh, you can find that on our Twitter page and I
3: will 100% be there because there's no on track activity to potentially get delayed to prevent me from being there. So
1: like, like the race is going to be on Saturday night, but we'll talk about that later <laughs> oh, uh, was it supposed to rain on Saturday. Oh, oh yeah. 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 Starting at like five o'clock. I think green flags. Five so when anyway, uh, so we race you. on Sunday, so we'll do, we should have a live show on Saturday. Cause we're not going to be racing, but, uh, yeah. If you're, if you're in the area, come on by, we'd love to see it. We'd love to have you. Uh, But yes, Alex, Gateway, the racetrack, we're coming back up, another short oval, last oval of the season. How feel you heading into the gateway If Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic, because we came to play at
2: Walt Disney World Resort.
3: gateway has been a weird one for us because 2018 2019 and 21 we were really fast 2020 when it was the double header we were horrifyingly bad so i mean we've got a 60 percent hit right there um so i feel pretty good about it, it yeah but it, that, that it's that different make- enough yes
1: Let's say that can make sense though because you 1819 you were fast 20 was first year with the arrow screen so everything's True. different 21 you yeah. figured out what was wrong so that so i would say that logic would make you think that there's no reason you wouldn't be strong going back this weekend yeah that's fair i mean fortunately even though it is
3: also a short oval it is very different from iowa yeah. um so it doesn't there's no kind of transfer there which is great news for us um it it's a it it's a fun track to drive. I have no issue with driving the track. It's turned into a terrible race, um, unfortunately. 18-19 I thought was pretty good. Um, since the introduction of the aero screen, turns three and four is no longer flat um, by yourself, let alone in traffic. So that just makes it kind of the yo-yo effect that you have of you tow up in the straight, you you kind of have a gap through one and two, you tow up to entry of three you have the gap and it's just this constant waiting for someone to make a mistake or get over optimistic and push someone high and and you get a car or and, and the race just comes down to in and out laps and pit stops which yeah, it's,
1: it's not always the best in that sense it's it's crazy to me though man when you think about it like just to kind of put in a perspective for everyone how sensitive these cars are to weight. right you have a car that weighs like 1600 pounds Okay. And we go through three, four gateway flat out. I don't want to say no problem, but like comfortably, pretty pretty it yeah. wasn't. Yeah. And you add what, what's the, what's the grand total of the air screen? 60, Yes, Yeah. yeah. So call it 65 pounds, 65 pounds on a 1600 pound race car. And all of a sudden, it's not just like a little lift you can't do like it is a massive amount of lifting compared to what was before. So just 60 extra pounds of inertia at that speed just overloads the grip that the cars have. Like that's so when you when you hear people talk about like saving weight on the race car, you can imagine kind of in that situation, how beneficial it is to kind of keep clawing away even just a couple pounds, it's, it brings in the whole discussion about the, uh, the cool suit and everything, right? I mean, it's a seven or eight pound penalty. You're like, oh, what's seven or eight pound? Hey, it's something, it's not nothing.
3: Yeah, I think the other thing, I mean, yes, the, the weight is, is a majority chunk, but also the way that the air flows over the car, it is making less downforce. So that's, that's not that is helping true. anything. That's true. Um, and yeah, so I, I, yeah, it's the combination of the two. Long, regardless, um, you know, I think IndyCar realizes this and they're doing what they did in Texas in terms of having an extra 30-minute practice session where guys are exclusively going to be asked to run lane two around the whole track. Um, I'm going to be taking part in that. I don't know really that it'll do a whole lot, but it's worth a shot. It's worth trying. At least, again, we're doing something. The bad news is going to be when it rains all day
1: Saturday, and all that rubber's gone anyway yeah
3: so it might be yeah. an exercise
1: in in fertility but uh-huh he's muted but he tried to say futility
2: oh yeah, i thought yeah. you said
1: fertility yeah. <laughs> okay never mind <laughs> you are the Not only one futility. in this in this group that would know anything about that <laughs> um yes no i i definitely see that point um It'll be interesting, right? Like we did it at Texas. You can argue that it had some effect. It's tough to know how much of it was that versus just the track groove kind of finally after five years starting to widen a little bit. Uh, but I mean, whatever. Like you say, you're doing something. And uh, and it, it'll it be interesting. Do you think the the more important one is getting a second lane going through three and four? So that way... You can get the run into one because, like one and two in the race, like you're breaking into one and two, which is insane to think about because there's no other oval where you'd even consider touching the brake pedal with not a, an accident in front of you. What? What are you looking like that for?
3: I mean, I break in Iowa pretty much every every lap into turn one, but. and that's why you're slow.
1: I mean, if I go any faster, <laughs> I crash. Joseph's not breaking. I promise you that.
3: Yeah, that's fair. I <laughs> um, don't. I don't know. Like, I don't think i don't i don't think either is going to work i don't think there's right. a lane two in either corner because
1: because um, the other concern that came up or like you know point i guess that came up was if you have even if you put a little bit of rubber down in lane two, be it one two or three and four If people aren't using it right away, the problem becomes marbles. It doesn't become rubber so much as it just becomes now the tracks dirty offline and it makes it that much harder to make that work. Yeah. I don't, I don't see it being an option
3: either way, Um, but we'll see. Maybe we'll be pleasantly surprised.
1: It was interesting. So when, when they did this in Texas, it was optional and I think six cars from five teams participated in it. Um, this week every team wanted in and they decided to give one set to each team. So each team nominated one driver. Did you like volunteer for this or were you just told that you were going to be the Andretti Autosport guy? Here's how it went
3: down. I got a message. Um, So my engineer has a, he's on my do not disturb, my allowed to disturb list or whatever. Right. And he has a special ringtone. And so it's 6.15 on last Wednesday or Tuesday morning, his ringtone went off or his text alert went off and I was like, oh, shit. so I grabbed it and he was like, would you be willing to do the second lane practice um, and gateway and I responded with do we get an extra set of tires and he said, yeah, and I just said, yeah, not really thinking it through mostly because I was tired and wanted to go back to bed um, so that's how I got signed up for it I'm, I, I think it's fine, like I don't I'm not scared to crash. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I wouldn't be worried about it. I, I don't, again, I don't really know what it will do. I know they offered one driver. Um, it was every team got to assign one driver to go out and do it. And I think everyone's taking part in it
1: except Foy. Foy, yeah. 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 It'll be interesting to see what happens. And then, but your, your point's valid that if it just rains on Saturday, it's all for naught. It's a bit moot, but it's worth a shot
3: i can tell you what the starts and restarts there are, are a lot of fun because you do break so into turn one so you can actually like outbreak someone and break bias matters in terms yeah. of like the balance and stuff so that that part i am looking forward to
1: it's um, it's funny it's how I, race.
3: it's our only night race so that's yeah also another
1: which is too bad i wish we had more of those but it's uh, it's funny how you have to like actually consider brake bias on the oval for like handling and balance, which is just, again, normally you're only just setting it for getting into pit lane. Now you've got to set it on track, which is very different from how you want it in pit lane. So every time you're doing a pit cycle, drivers are going to be messing with their bias quite a bit. And it's going to be fascinating to see like what kind of percentage shift people see from on track to coming into the pits hot. I can't wait. <laughs> um, but I'm it's honestly most excited about our live
3: show, guys. I'm, I miss y'all in Nashville and can't wait to uh, be miserable in front of you.
1: I was going to say, I think I tweeted today, you know, come see Alex Rossi not like people in person. As and literally he literally just, just left wow. the chat. All right. This has been a day. We lost
2: Alex. I'm a knight. You know, yeah, we spent like 30 minutes talking about a houseboat. It's been an
1: episode. I think it's. I think it's wonderful. Um, I don't think he's doing, coming back. How are you doing, Tim? Yeah, you know, not bad. Can we talk about how there are? There's two things I want to talk about. There's two things I want to talk about. So I'm just gonna. I'm gonna have a conversation with you. You probably know this because you just know the most like random of like more of that than anyone fair. I know. That's fair. Which I, for the record, I think is great. I. That's an admirable <laughs> quality. I. I am jealous of the amount of that you know. So. Do you remember the the woman that sued McDonald's for the coffee? Like that yes. whole situation. When that happened, I mean, you're a lot younger than me. I don't know how old you would have been, but like, let's say when you first heard about it. Okay. What side of what side of that argument were you on? Okay, so I do know a lot about this actually. Okay. Yeah. So at okay, All right. So tell me at the time, what was your initial yeah, reaction? At the
2: time, everybody made fun of her. And I think I was probably on that boat of like, ah, oh, she's like suing because it was too hot. Like it's yeah, coffee. Coffee's it's hot. What hot. do you want to? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, I have since learned that it was absurdly, scaldingly hot. And it she was, didn't ask for money, right? She just asked them to rectify the situation. Like, I think she asked for a bit for the
1: damage. Like, she had first-degree burns, right? Yeah, so so <laughs> here, here's how it broke down. And I, I just learned about this today. And I thought it was just so, because I was 100% on the, like, you got to be kidding me. This is just like like American sue everybody culture, blah, 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 blah. It is not. This woman was an elderly woman. She got burned when her coffee spilled on her thigh. First degree burns. Had to get a skin graft. Yeah, because the water, the coffee was 180 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah. Significantly hotter than it than it should have been. The reason it was 180 degrees Fahrenheit is because uh, McDonald's wanted to be able to reuse old coffee, so they like superheated the water to try to get the grinds and beans or whatever to react better and get more coffee out of already used coffee
2: and yet the reason they gave was they said they gave made it too hot because they know that people will drive with it to their destination they wanted it to still
1: be hot then and then that turned out to be a total lie complete lie there were over 500 reported cases of their coffee burning people they'd been told to stop doing it and you're right all she asked for was for her medical bills to be covered. Like a skin yes. graft was not cheap. It was like $18,000 to get a skin graft. She wasn't even going after like damages and emotional distress. It was just her medical bills. They said no. So the lawyers decided this isn't right. They know what they're doing wrong. They've been told not to do it. So here's what they did. This is, what I thought was really interesting. They looked up or sorry, this may not have been a lawyers. It may have even been the jury. And like when they were deciding what the the payout was gonna be, whoever did the work on this, so she ended up winning the case because it was just overwhelming evidence that yeah. they were just being like borderline criminally negligent at this point. Mm-hmm. And uh she she won like 2.7 million dollars or something like that, two point something. And what how they determined that was they they looked at this is what's so messed up. They looked at how much money McDonald's makes off of coffee every single day back in like 1994 yeah. or whenever this happens right and it's it was 2.7 million dollars so they just basically it cost them one day's worth of, a coffee. Day of coffee right yeah. and it like you know and this oh, woman man. dealt with all this stuff and like all the backlash because so many people like you and i who didn't know before they knew How there's,
2: there's a lot of those cases, right? So there was a, there was another one that was making around the news a few years ago, where it was like an aunt sued her nephew for like an injury sustained while playing tag or something like that. And all the news was like, look how cruel this aunt is suing the nephew. It was like, no, it was actually the only way that the aunt could get the homeowner's insurance claim was if she technically filed suit against her nephew the nephew's parents understood. Nobody actually had to exchange money except for the insurance companies. It was just this weird technicality in the policy that that forced it, and everybody just blew it out of the water. as, like the cruelest aunt in the world. <laughs> it was like, or the insurance companies kind of suck. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's usually
1: usually the bad guy we think is not the actual bad guy. Yeah, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. There's a lot of these a uh, lot of these cases out there that are just wild and hilarious um so that is about as far off track as we've ever been on off track yeah uh, oh, I'm, I'm
2: all good to talk about a
1: lot of this <laughs> no i know i and as am i but i'm not sure our listeners we'll, are. will stop interested.
2: recording and then we'll keep going yeah we gotta,
1: can just keep, yeah just go yeah go 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 grab some lunch crack a beer and let's have a chat because there's a lot yeah. of these things that i love <laughs> anyway guys as we said alex is gone but he will actually be there this thursday Man, that's not, it doesn't look great it doesn't look great that he's not here for this and we're like but it, we'll promise he'll I be here tonight promise, i promise <laughs> he's actually gonna make it uh to the midwestern downtown st louis thursday night i think we're doing six to eight yes six to eight so six we'll
2: show eight. up we'll do the meet and greet Mobile. first we'll hang out with everybody who got tickets we'll do pictures um
1: and then and then show down to do our
2: show it we is may not or may 21
1: and up nope we may or may not have a special guest Yeah, um, you know, let's
2: go ahead and announce it, because then I'll just cut it if he doesn't come. Uh, Local St. Louis sports legend. This guy's been around. He's got 14 Emmys, right? Frank Cusimano is coming. I mean, this guy's done everything in St. Louis sports. He's covered everything.
1: He's, uh, like I said, he's a St. Louis legend. It's gonna right, be great. So he's a fellow sports broadcaster. And yeah. I can't wait to talk to him because I also would like an Emmy. So I need to figure yeah. out what <laughs> this. probably sp- give you one of his. Well, well that's, not the, that's not the kind of Emmy I want. I don't want an, an Emmy with someone oh, else's name, name on, on it. it. Yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense. So I'm going to pick his brain on how to go ahead and, and get an Emmy. And um, I'm not going to lie to you guys not super optimistic for my chances but <laughs> that's neither here nor there we appreciate you listening as always thanks for tuning in we will see you post gateway unless you're one of the brave no, souls that see shows tonight. Up. they're gonna unless buy tickets you tickets didn't let me finish night. my sentence unless you're it's one of the brave souls that shows up i'm paid to talk now at the midwestern six o'clock thursday night local time in st louis hopefully we'll see you there. This has been Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Off Track is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. And if you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts. We're at Ask Off Track on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, we're at Hinchtown and at Alexander Rossi. If you want to follow Tim, though, I have no idea why you would. He's at the Tim Durham on Twitter. Find us on YouTube and subscribe to our channel for exclusive video content. The music you heard on this episode is by Ryan Dan of Holland Patton Public Library. You can find him online at hollandpatentpubliclibrary.com. Off-Track is produced by Tim Durham, and by that, we mean fame.
0: Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh,